We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You are listening to The Uncontested an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob. All you haters come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Tommy R. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. Hey, everybody. My name is Kami Amurabian, and I'm going to be your captain for this podcast today. Actually, I'm just the only host here. Everybody else is gone. But welcome to the Uncontested, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You guys can find us anywhere you can listen on your podcasts, basically like iTunes, Spotify, Stitchers, uh, Google, Google Play, a lot of places, guys. So make sure you subscribe to one of those things. Leave us a five-star rating. You can find us on Twitter at, at the underscore uncontested and the Blue, Pod, Blue Wire Podcast Network, excuse me, at Blue Wire Pods. I hope everybody's doing well. Jacob Niffin is in Boston. Nick is probably in a hot tub somewhere. The uh, Justin, he's, he's probably doing something with his kids. I don't know. He has dad things to do. And Taylor is at the lake, and I hope he gets eaten by a shark. But I'm here, and it's going to be great. Anyways, I have a lot to talk to you guys about today. I have no idea how long this podcast is going to last, so we're just going to have some fun with it. hope that's okay. Anyways, this week, Stephen A. has been on fire regarding KD and Russ and Oklahoma City and yada yada. So, basically, on the record, Stephen A. comes out, especially with Kendrick Perkins there too, says, Kevin Durant told Russell Westbrook he wasn't leaving the Thunder the night before his decision, which I think a lot of us knew that. And 
Katie tried to refute that, I, I believe, at one point, and Kendrick Perkins basically came on the news in SportsCenter and said, no, that report is authentic, that Kevin Durant did tell Russ he was going to stay in OKC, which is just the it's just one of the weakest things ever because Kevin Durant himself, we all know this. We're no strangers to this. He's a very, very non-confrontational person. And he's honestly kind of a weirdo, if you if you ever know that. Like the vibe around him is that he's not much of a personality. And basically his playing in his basketball career does all the talking for him. And it just brings to light what we knew and maybe didn't know about Kevin Durant. So there's that. And another thing that Stephen A. put on regarding Kevin Durant is he said what, again, a lot of Oklahoma City fans and media, the media aren't really actually aren't willing to say that much, which is shocking to me because if you're the media, you're looking to get a rise out of people and you're looking to get a reaction. And this would be the biggest reaction, especially, you know, it's, it's, it's the simplest reaction, too, is that saying Kevin Durant, what he did was the weakest move you've seen from somebody of that caliber. But when that happened, nobody really even said that. If you guys can, like, rewind back two, three summers, I don't even know how long it was ago, but if you guys can rewind three summers ago, I believe, you remember that people said, oh, well, good for Kevin Durant. He's making the next move of his career. You can't say that because it's free agency and he's just going on to better his career. Uh, you, you know, it's, it's not a weak move. It's just, it's just a move that he's doing better for you know, him and his family and he wants to go chase rings and yada yada. Not many people except some OKC media, OKC media, I mean, they were the ones saying this is a pretty weak move. And Stephen A coming out and saying, like a national person coming out and saying, this is the weakest move he's ever seen from a superstar. It's true. And honestly, I mean, are you really, truly a superstar if you're going to do that? Are you a superstar if you are going to join a team that's already set the, they, they already broken the Michael Jordan Bulls regular season wins record? They've already won a title with without you. They don't need you. Like Draymond Green said to Kevin Durant, they don't need you. And you're going to go join them anyways and win back-to-back titles. And then, of course, you didn't win that third one uh, because your Achilles exploded. But anyways, it's just you may be labeled a superstar regarding your talents, but I don't foresee you actually being a superstar as far as the moves you make, because somebody want to bring up the uh, the, the original big three, KG, uh, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. I mean, some of that team was traded, some of that team was created with free agency moves. Then you have the Miami Heat, which was actually a, a deal where Dwayne Wade was already in Miami, and you had another superstar in LeBron James going to Miami to combat against this big three in Boston. You had the big three era. And those teams prior, Celtics, they really hadn't won that title. They beat the Lakers to win that first title, and they lost the second one. And then you have the Heat, to which they weren't a huge commodity before LeBron James got there. He gets there and combats this big three in Boston, 
And then, you know, it, it wasn't like they had won massive accomplishments and titles before that. And it's not like they were on a run. It's not like they were they were already build, built their dynasty before you get there, okay? So what Kevin Durant does is he goes and he he passes up the opportunity to run it back with OKC clearly to be in, in contention for a title. And then we don't, we don't need to tell you the story anymore because you as OKC fans listening to this podcast already know what's going on. And then he go then he goes to the Brooklyn Nets. He's not going to play for a year, and he signs a long term deal, which is actually pretty interesting. And he they take less to sign for DeAndre Jordan. And the thing that kind of makes me the most angry about that signing is that he did a sign and trade with the Warriors for the Nets for D'Angelo Russell, which is going back to California, but in the Bay. Is that not the weakest crap? Because Kevin Durant walked in free agency with OKC with a fan base that adored him. A fan base that thought Kevin Durant could do no wrong, that he was the golden child in OKC, and that he was a loyal one, and he was the great one, and it turned out to be Russell Westbrook the entire time. Kevin Durant was the fake one. Kevin Durant was the one that wasn't real. Russell Westbrook, all he was, was real and very honest. And I also, that gets him into trouble sometimes regarding his feelings toward the media, but at least he's real about it. I mean, a report came out that said Kevin Durant felt like a distant second fiddle in the Bay to Steph. Like, bro, what, were you, what, what else were you expecting in the Bay? You're joining a team that's already won a title. You're joining a team that's already been to several... You're, you're joining the team that just beat Oklahoma City Thunder that shouldn't have because you were the one that pissed down your leg in game six and seven. You have Steph, which is, of course, a crowd favorite. The dude hits threes from anywhere. Can't defend. Worth a lick, but the media ignores that. You have Clay Thompson, who can defend and just heats up and kills from the corners and just kills in general on offense without even really having to take it a dribble. And he's probably the realest one on that team. People really like Clay. I like Clay. It's just unfortunate that he plays for the you know one of the most evil franchises in history. Just kidding. They're not an evil franchise. They're just well put together, and uh, he's the one that's most likable from the outside because Steph is kind of a... Sp- smug, arrogant kind of person, and Draymond is just Draymond. And of course, you have Draymond, which Warriors fans like because of his tenacity. He doesn't care. He will fight somebody. He will kick somebody in the balls, apparently three times in about two games and not get suspended. And uh, yeah, so there's that. And I just don't understand. Kevin Durant felt like a distant second fiddle but was he expecting that? I mean, weren't the reports when he first joined the Warriors that he was happy to not be the face of a franchise, and now it comes out that, oh, he felt like a distant second fill to Steph? I don't understand his thinking there. It doesn't make any sort of sense. I mean, you're just a, you're a mercenary. You're no longer a beloved superstar. You had your chance at a fan base that loved you, and that unconditionally, really, besides, like, in, remember when Barry Trammell called you Mr. Unreliable in the newspaper? Front line, front of the page 
headlines on the newspaper. Mr. Unreliable during the Memphis series in the backlash, not that you got, Kevin Durant, not that you got, the backlash that Barry Trammell got for from, from his headline for saying that towards you. The backlash he got because fans loved Kevin Durant and OKC unconditionally. They knew what they had, but you chose Golden State. And then you're upset that people aren't recognize you as the big-time superstar that you really are because you're weak mentally, man. You are so weak mentally. It's just unbelievable that you want to go and be like, oh, I want to be the face of a franchise. And this move to Brooklyn, to me, it seems like him saying, yeah, um, I understand what I did now. From when he transferred from OKC to Golden State. I He understood what he had done. He knows that it's weak. So now he needs to go to Brooklyn to create his own face again. To be the face of a franchise with Kyrie. It's going to be delayed a year because of his injury. And be another, again, once again, a beloved star of the fan base. And not like third, maybe even sometimes fourth guy on the totem pole. Because he joined a team that was already put together. Anyways, more Thunder stuff. Alex Sabrinas, it's been a long time coming. Because a while ago, I think in the, I don't even remember what it was. I think it was like around March, spring break, somewhere around there. Said he would talk about what had happened this year when he would get to it. I mean, he gave no timetable. But recently he came out with a video. He released a video on Instagram. And it essentially confirmed what many of us thought about Alex Abrinas and what had happened this year. And maybe, I mean, it doesn't happen that year. It, it, it's something that's inside you. It's something that, that plagues you for your career and plagues you in your life. Um, but it confirmed that Alex Abrinas suffers through depression. It, that's what it seemed like through the video. Um, he didn't come out and say it, but... It was pretty clear that there was some sort of depression there, some stuff that was mental. And you have to respect a guy that would eventually come out and say something like that because he doesn't he didn't have to. He doesn't owe anybody anything. And if you guys remember, he gave back the salary to OKC for this year. And in the video, it's it's him. It's like really kind of interesting music going on in the background and he's just saying that sometimes he hated hated what it was and stuff like that and then he but then he started talking about how he's ready to get back to it and how he's conquered his illness and and uh, he's ready to uh get back to playing basketball and you really appreciate a guy for coming out and talking about a situation like that i mean of course he's not going to get out in front of a stage in front of the media and say hey guys by the way i suffer from depression but mental Mental health is a serious thing. And that's why I think Barry Trammell, again, it's unreal that, you know, we're men- I'm mentioning this name twice on the podcast, but Barry Trammell likes to give his end-of-the-year Thunder grades per player. And he gave Alex Abrinas, I think, like an F or a D, basically a grade that wasn't satisfactory, and said, well, he had to quit halfway through the season and he didn't finish the season with the Thunder, so therefore he gets a D or an F, like... And many of us at the time thought, 
even when Alex Sabrinas was on the team, said, you know, this seems like a, a deal where it's like mental health, like depression maybe. And we thought, man, if Brady Trammell gives him a grade of a player, a player grade of F or D, and Alex Sabrinas does have depression like many of us think he many of us think he does, people are going to think Brady Trammell's an asshole. And, well, here we are, you know. It's just, it's unbelievable to me how you can do that and say that about a player without knowing their true, without knowing their true diagnosis, without knowing what's going on in their lives. Because as us at the Uncontested discovered and found out with just podcasting with Perry Jones, you know, there's a lot that goes off, goes on in players' lives that we don't know about and we don't like to acknowledge and we don't talk about. We just view them as 2K players and oh, they're not in the lineup. Why are they not in the lineup? When are they going to be in the lineup? And we just have to acknowledge that, of course, duh, they're like real people like us as well that have some serious issues. And it's really good for Alex to be back. I mean, of course, he's not going to be back in the NBA. I, I believe he's going to, I believe he signed in the EuroLeague for three three years at, back at Barcelona. And I expected him, I mean, I expected him to come back to basketball at one point in his career and then I didn't expect him to go to the NBA. I expected him to spend time in Europe because that made the most sense. Maybe he was homesick. There were several other things going on, and it's just good for him to be back in the back in the uh, sport. I mean, he's a gifted athlete. He was really starting to turn the corner to be a real producer for OKC. And then, of course, you know, he just he couldn't do it, and it's not because he didn't want to. And people need to understand that. But Let's talk about sleep. So there's this thing called 8sleep.com. Listen to these studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We need eight hours of sleep. One of sleep's biggest problems is temperature. Tough to get good sleep if you're too hot or cold. I like to sleep cold. I want to tell you about the pod by 8sleep. The pod by 8sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. That's right, fitness. Fitness body in that bed. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That's pretty dope. That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time. Mind explosion. In a crazy, comfortable bed, by the way. So not only you have temperature control, but a comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. To celebrate Independence Day, get a free gravity cooling blanket plus free shipping with your pod purchase. A $300 value. Free offer ends Monday, July 8th. Visit 8sleep.com slash bluewire. That's 8sleep.com slash bluewire. E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash bluewire. So anyways, y'all go get them beds. I mean... Beds are nice, especially that eight sleep bed. But let's talk about Kawhi Watch. I know a lot of us are excited about Kawhi. He's got a lot of things going on. 
He's kind of like, I don't know, Kawhi's kind of weird. Don't you guys think? I mean, yeah. He's kind of like an alien. It's kind of weird. It makes us all feel really uncomfortable. And, uh, yeah. Gosh, anyway. But, yeah, Kawhi was, he's, every report that comes out is pretty great about him because people are like, hey, Kawhi is not making this decision today. And according to Chris Carter, who is not even an NBA guy, Chris Carter's a wide, he was, he's a former wide receiver in the NFL, but he came out today and said, because apparently everybody has sources on Kawhi these days, he says, Kawhi wants to sign a longer-term deal, which is interesting because a lot of superstars these days are signing longer-term deals. There's like not many one-and-ones anymore. Anthony Davis signing a long-term deal, LeBron signing a long-term deal, uh, Kevin Durant signing a long-term, Kyrie... Now, Kawhi wanted to sign long-term. And I'm thinking about this. Which team benefits him most if he signs long-term? Is it the Lakers, the Clips, or Toronto? Well, I just got to look at the rosters. So let's say it's the Lakers. LeBron turns 35 in December. And most people say, oh, well, then that doesn't mean he signs long-term. Well, it still would pair him and Anthony Davis for a while. And a team with Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis long-term in Los Angeles could be another pretty good ground for guys to come along and one to play because those are two very good players. And when you have two very good players in Los Angeles, many other people will come along. I mean, Kawhi wearing new balances in Los Angeles is a little weird, but hey, it's whatever. Long-term for the Clippers, that does not make sense to me at all. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, Gallinari's always hurt. Um, You know, they have Shea Gilchrist Alexander, but he's not going to be a superstar by any means. Pat Bev just got paid. It doesn't make any sense for him to sign long-term with the Clippers organization. But then you go to Toronto. If he signs in Toronto, of course, you have some aging. You have some aging guys, Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, um, guys like that. That you know, the they receive playing time. Danny Green, those guys are getting up there in age. But at the same time, you have a Fred VanVleet, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, um, just uh, more guys that you're able to build around and play team basketball. So, what's what benefits him the most? If you play in the West, long term, it's going to be a battle every year. You play in the East, Toronto. I mean, Toronto's got a good, another good two to three year run left in them. And your competition right now is Milwaukee. And what, the Sixers? Whereas the West is just like brutal every single year and it keeps on getting more brutal. So at first I thought, man, the Toronto Raptors benefit him most long term. But then I think, well, if it's him in AD for the next three years, next four years, that also is beneficial to him. Not this coming year, maybe, but the subsequent years after. So it'll be interesting to see what his decision is. If you ever listen to Chris Broussard, 
for his sources? Uh, don't. Yeah, no, his he's an idiot. I mean, I trust gas station sushi more than I trust Chris Broussard and his sources. For example, do you guys remember the situation with Chris Broussard and Mark Cuban regarding DeAndre Jordan? This is what it said. <clears throat> sources. Mark Cuban beside himself, driving around downtown Houston, begging through text to Jordan's family for the address to DeAndre's home. Chris Broussard tweeted that. On the eve of, like, remember when DeAndre was flipping his commitment back to the clips? Mark Cuban actually responded to Chris Broussard, and this is when you had to, and he put a period in front of the at so everybody could see it, not just people that follow Chris Broussard and Mark. He said... This is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. If you had any ethics, you'd message me and I will give you his address. And then, of course, Chris Broussard then apologized to him, which is the funniest thing. So if you're looking for sources, guys, just trust Adrian Wojnarowski. Just trust Sham Shrania. Trust the guys and like Mark Stein, Romana Shelburne, those people that are like legit credentialed media and legit insiders and not like Chris Broussard. This guy's an idiot. I mean, he'll get a scoop by reading ESPN by Waj, you know? He'll, he'll read Woj's articles and get that's his scoop. Don't pay any attention to him, but it's the funniest thing. But so many things depend on Kawhi's move, to I, which I think, because you can't sign somebody in moratorium before July 6th, and that is tomorrow. So, I believe that Kawhi will sign tomorrow at July 6th. It makes the most sense. I mean, it's just he doesn't seem like the type of guy that wants to commit early. Um, it's the most Kawhi Leonard thing to, to wait till a deadline and commit via his LinkedIn profile and stuff like that. So let's talk about PG because not enough people are talking about Paul George. Of course, he had successful surgery on both of his shoulders, and we know that he had successful surgery on both of his shoulders. What we're not talking about is the timetable of what it takes to get back on recovery from those injuries because the labrum and the rotator cuff, I mean, basketball, football, any sport really, besides maybe even soccer to an extent, shoulders are pretty important. Shoulders are very significant, especially if you're talking about basketball players that you're always lifting your elbow and shoulder above your head especially if you're you know a guy that's going to average 28 points a night people are underestimating how long it's going to take paul george to recover from those injuries it could be till january it could be through december december 1st to fully recover from those injuries and nobody's really talking about it and that's a problem i mean the Thunder are saying they're going to reevaluate at the beginning of camp, but that's all they're going to do is reevaluate. That doesn't mean anything about when he's actually going to play because the Thunder are very cautious with their players and when they return to action. Now you can say, well, they let PG play during his, this past season with a torn rotator cuff and a torn labrum. That's true, but I'm also sure it was up to Paul George. They were going to come out and say, hey, you must play through this. I'm pretty sure they gave options to, to Paul, and he, they said he can't get any worse, so he said, okay, I'm just going to play through it. I think that's exactly what happened. 
And, I mean, you can't be too sure because there are certain podcasts that will come out and say, oh, we'll tell you the exact thing that happened here, but they don't really know. But, I mean, it seems pretty evident that Paul George was given the diagnosis and he had an option in front of him. Sam Presti would not tell him to go play. That's not Sam Presti. That's not his style. And it's going to be concerning that OKC would have to win without Paul George in the lineup for the first maybe month or two. Maybe like because the season starts in October. Can OKC win for two months without a Paul George? It's a scary thought, especially with an aging Russell Westbrook that you're not really sure. And that's the thing with Russ. You can't. I cannot tell if his game is declining or if he just had a bad year. Because you look at this past, you, you look at his MVP season. Let's look at his MVP season. Mid-range game was great. Defense sucked. That's because he expended so much on offense. But mid-game, mid-range game was great. Uh, attacking was great. Many things were great. That's why he's the MVP. Duh. The season after, with Carmelo and Paul George. Early season, he deferred way too much to Melo and PG. He tried, he tried too hard to distribute, not get his own. And his 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 efficiency suffered this past year. His free throw percentages kept on going down. We thought maybe it's because of a ritual that he walks to midcourt before he takes his next next free throw instead of the three point line. And he did get a lot better for his free throws in the playoffs because he started widening his stands a lot more. But is is he really just declining as a player? Or is he just having you know a couple of years that are a little down, and with surgery on his knees so late, so late into the year? This summer, thankfully, he got his scopes to clean out his knees, and he got his hand taken care of early. That way, he can be fully recovered because Russ did play a lot better in the second half of the season, and I think a lot of it had to do with the PRP injections and the scopes he had right before the season to get out of training camp. And I'm not saying he had them to get out of training camp, but I'm saying he had them and okay. So he missed him for the first few games and it affected him through the first few months of the season. I think that's definitely true. So, you know, it's a scary thought to think about PG not playing and OKC having to rely on Russ Schroeder, uh, who, who's your next guy, Jeremy Grant, that's actually reliable. Um, and then you would say maybe Alec Burks, to be honest. I mean, they got Alec Burks is a scorer. He's not necessarily a 3 and D guy. He's not even necessarily a knockdown three-point shooter guy, but he's a creator that can shoot the three ball well. He shoots well from the corners. But he also has injury history. So we'll see what happens with that. Which comes to my next couple of points regarding OKC. One big question I have is, why is OKC not releasing the salaries? Why are they not releasing the salary numbers regarding Nerlens Noel, Mike Muscala, or uh, Alec Burke? Alec Burke. Alec Burks. My goodness. Why are they not releasing those salaries? And turns out. OKC already resigned Noel. And you can't do during moratorium unless you're on a one or two year minimum deal. Uh, 
So Nerland's back to OKC, which is something that we all thought would definitely not happen. On a minimum deal, we don't know if it's one or two years. It might be it might be another one and one. So my question is right here is what's what's the holdup? What was the holdup for Nerlands? If the deal was a, a minimum regardless the first time, why do you have to ask for another day or two to think about it before officially re-signing with OKC? Was that a promise from OKC saying he was going to get a lot more playing time? That maybe he might be the starter? Because if you're going to be back on a minimum, what what do you have to do to reevaluate? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Maybe there are other things that I'm not thinking about. Maybe he thought about, you know, he saw the Boston thing open up. He saw other things open up. And he thought, oh, I would like to reevaluate. Or maybe OKC promised him something. But regardless, why is OKC still not releasing the numbers? And does it suggest something larger at hand with Oklahoma City? I mean, does it suggest that OKC is still scoping out and searching a trade partner for and Andre Robertson and Steven Adams that after the Kawhi shoe drops? Because even Wojnarowski said this, that basically free agency is kind of on a freeze right now until Kawhi makes his decision. And then we're going to see a, a little bit more of a floodgate opening of frigidity and trades happening from there on. So basically, the NBA world eyes are staring at Kawhi and what he's about to do. And it's possible that OKC's not really seeing these numbers that because Steven Adams... And Andre Robertson are inevitably out the door. No, Patrick Patterson is inevitably out the door. I can say that. But Steven Adams and Andre Robertson trade, possible. To where afterwards, a trade piece will be written by Royce or Adrian Wojnarowski about the moves OKC made, how much money they spent, how much money they saved. It's just, it's a it's a weird situation. It's a weird feeling. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's awkward. It's really, really awkward. Um, so, I don't know. But I'm wondering what the deal is. And it's really, really weird. But, I'm just flying solo today. That's all I have for you guys. Please make sure you guys subscribe. And leave us a five-star rating on the podcast, wherever you guys listen. You can find us on Twitter, again, at, at the underscore uncontested. And on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, at Blue Wire Pods. You can follow Jake, Jacob Niffin, at ThunderMob405. You can follow Taylor Peterson at Taylor underscore P15. You can follow Nick Crane at CraneNBA. You can follow Justin Peabody at OKC Trekker. And you can follow me, Kami Robin at BoomtownRW. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I will check you guys later. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.